When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. My days working and taking care of my little ones can be a lot. I checked out care.com and it was so easy for me to find local, experienced, and background check sitters. Finding our babysitter was way more affordable than I thought. Care.com makes it super easy. Search for qualified candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly, get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's go-to. Oh, yeah. I hope you are ready, Pats people. It is preview o'clock here on Six Rings and Football Things, our Patriot-centric podcast with your host, Fitzy and Hart, brought to you by weeiweei.com, 2400 Sports, and the Odyssey Podcast Network. We are pumped, primed, and ready to rock and roll. Coming off of the disappointment of the Patriots' failed comeback attempt against the Eagles last week, this week on bop, bop, ba, da, 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 they draw Sunday night football, old pal, Tua Tungavailoa and the Miami Dolphins roll into town. And to give you guys a fresh perspective on what they're saying down in the 305 about the Finns, the Foxborough football people and everything else, we've tapped into our friends at another Dolphins podcast. Joining us for the Behind Enemy Lines preview portion of the pod, Andy, we have Jake Mendel. Jake, what's happening? Welcome to the show, my friend. Happy football season, gentlemen. We finally made it. And uh, I don't want to spoil this right away, but just a little tip here. I'm going to tell you guys a lot about the 305, but if we're talking about behind enemy lines, I'm located in Berkshire County up here in the Northeast, Massachusetts. So it's a little, a little bit of a double crossover a little bit. What did nice. we do to lose Jake, Andy? How, how, how do we get a, a, a Dolphins fan in the Berkshires? Maybe he likes wide receivers. <laughs> my dad oh. just you know grew up with dan marino and then i got the curse too of having to watch tom brady be awesome for well let's also jake i'm sure you go to bed every night thanking yourself that thanking your lucky stars that at least your dad wasn't a fan of richard todd and the new york jets yes yes so true. <laughs> that would have been that would have been an awful thing for your father to do to you uh all right, so uh, Jake, let's just get a feel for like what's the confidence level? How did you guys feel after the win last week? Big comeback win, 36-34. Tua looked obviously well enough to run the most high-powered offense week one in the NFL. 466 yards, Tyreek uncoverable, Waddle getting it done. Uh, I, I think that was maybe the most exciting game of week one and a signature win for someone, uh, Andy, who everyone had, we had our question marks in abundance about Tua, is he healthy enough? Can he stay upright? Dude was slinging it and then some. How are you guys feeling? It's hard not to like what you're seeing, especially when you consider you got Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack, two premier pass rushers on the outside. They did not get to Tua once. You had a left tackle, Kendall Lamb was in for uh, first-team All-Pro Tron Armstead, former first-team All-Pro Tron Armstead, excuse me. And just knowing that the offensive line could hold up against a combo like a Cleo Mack and a Joey Bosa is so important, especially after an offseason where everyone was under the impression you just got to be physical with them. You just have to press them at the line of scrimmage. All of a sudden, Mike McDaniel is coming out, and they have their tight end running routes on 73% of his snaps, while he has wide receivers inside blocking more than the tight ends. You'll see someone like River Craycraft blocking 33% of the time compared to Durham Smythe blocking 30% of the time. So Mike McDaniel 
heard all the rumors throughout the offseason and, and wanted to prove he had a few more cards up his sleeve. And it's not as simple as you guys can be physical and you'll win against the Dolphins. You know, I think it's interesting. You bring up Mike McDaniel and sort of his evolution and maybe what he heard. Um, I wonder, are the Dolphins in a good spot, not only coming off an impressive week one victory, one of the most impressive in the NFL, two or three best wins there was, but the talk of the division was, do the Patriots stink? Are the Bills still as good as they were as the window closed? The Jets were the darling of everybody. They get Aaron Rodgers. And it's like, Dolphins just kind of quietly went about their offseason evolving under McDaniel, who's probably a little more comfortable now. So do you think maybe they're enjoying this, um, I won't say lack of hype, but relative anonymity in the AFC East to open the year? It's really strange because all throughout the offseason, obviously, you can't lose games. So everyone's really excited talking about how the AFC East is a powerhouse. And it seemed like everybody waited till the middle of August to realize that only seven teams make the playoffs. And then they realized they had to leave one off and they chose the Dolphins, which is understandable. I mean, they need to put it together for a full 17 games. But, yeah, I think I agree with you. You know, you see what's happening in Buffalo. Uh, this is a great statement opportunity for the Dolphins. If they can go on primetime and, and win a premier game like this, I mean, the, the confidence is going to go through the roof. Yeah, the, no doubt the confidence would go through the roof. And the Dolphins have every reason to kind of be confident coming into this game when you look at both sides of the ball. Tua has never lost to Bill Belichick. That You guys just put up 500 yards of offense last week in Los Diego, as I like to call it, against the Chargers. Tyreek looks uncoverable. Waddle might be the best number two receiver in the NFL. McDaniel's feeling the game plan as well. He offered his due deference in the Thursday media avails to Bill Belichick as well. And you guys may be catching the Patriots at the right time where your defensive line, which had some issues last week, obviously you gave up 240 on the ground and about six yards per carry to the Chargers, can still generate a pretty decent pass rush. And the New England Patriots offensive line is auditioning starters on a daily basis. We, any one of the three of us could get a call on a moment's notice and have to try to fill in. We don't know who the left tackle is, Jake. Game's playing in 72 hours, and the Patriots don't have a left tackle. I mean, these are big issues. And so, you know, the Pats lack a signature win under Mac Jones. This would be massive for the Dolphins to come in, get a second conference win, and their first in the East. How the muddy have fallen. I mean, 15 years ago, I was watching Dunkin' Donuts commercials with it. It was the, all five of the Patriots linemen showing off like three rings each, and all of a sudden you guys don't have a left tackle. It's a really interesting matchup because the Dolphins are going from that Bill Belichick, that real aggressive type defense, to something that's a little more safe. It, it, it protects you from the big plays. The way I could see the Patriots maybe finding an opportunity is you need to beg a Kendrick Ford, maybe one of those playmakers, a Ramondre Stevenson, a big-time run. Because I think if you get into the match with the Dolphins where you just got to get 15 yards every time, the Dolphins did just have a horrible performance against the run. But I have a hard time thinking that with that front four, with the Christian Wilkins, Jalen Phillips is coming into his own former all-pro, or excuse me, former pro bowler like Bradley Chubb, you got to get some help from your playmakers outside. So whether it's breaking a couple tackles on one play, something unscripted is going to have to happen for the Patriots really to punch the Dolphins in the mouth early on, I feel. You, you bring up Bradley Chubb, and he was a, a big trade addition, um, former very high pick. Like, But I wonder, is he is he impacting the team the way they'd hoped? What has his impact been, and where do you th see his role going, not just in this game, but as the season unfolds? It's so tough with someone like that because he, he had the full offseason, but they made the trade in the middle of the year. And it was like Christmas Day. I think he suffered a high ankle sprain on a chop block. He came back in the game, and I think he broke a finger. 
So he had to leave the game twice for two different injuries and still tried to come back. So I've been giving him the benefit of the doubt as someone who has the experience. And, you know, you mentioned uh, Vic Fangio's defense. They both were together in Denver. Right. There's there, there's a little bit of concern. There's a former uh, coach from Miami. His name's Joe Philbin, who would always talk about being so queasy. And I would say that, yeah, I'm starting to get a little queasy about Bradley Chubb, but I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt just for a little bit longer as, you know, things start to work out. So... Jake, tell us in terms of, I know you're in Western Massachusetts, but you talk about a team in the 305 and the Dolphins are, are your squad. So you must read up on everything else, including also everything that you share on another Dolphins podcast. What's the word amongst um, Dolphins, if you will, as well as in the Miami media about what the Patriots are doing, the state of that franchise at Mac Jones and more? It's been interesting because we've actually uh, seen some New England uh, talking heads come out and say that Mac Jones and Tua are on the same level. So we've actually gotten some fallback from that about some more uh, detailed breakdowns. But it's really boils down to Bill Belichick. I know it's very hard to believe for you guys, but it's seeing if this is the defense that can stop Mike McDaniel in this offense. This is such a great test because... Everybody likes to talk about the Dolphins in the beginning of the year last year as well. That Baltimore game, they won 42 to 38. There's a crazy Bills game. That Dolphins Pats right. game, that finished 20 to 17. Bill Belichick, he has a different way of figuring things out. And I can't wait to see how Mike McDaniel has that matchup. So that's the, been the talk of the town, at least uh, from my end, is understanding that Bill Belichick, his defense is so different from everything. It can't be compared to even what Brian Flores was doing in Miami, where he's going to find a way it's going to be different. And can the Dolphins react to that? Jake, you're right. Uh, I did TV this week, and we did a segment on Mac and Tua, and I don't know how it reached all the Dolphins fans, but everybody got all pissy. And Because I basically – I think Tua and Mac are very similar, and you may not like this. I think they're both middling quarterbacks. I think they're both middling quarterbacks that when they have good offensive scheme, good offensive play caller, and good offensive talent, they can make plays and make good things happen, but they're not good enough to carry a team or overcome a lot of limitations on a team. And I think I made a remark about, you know, it must be nice for Tua to just dump it off to Tyree Kill and watch him run with the ball. He doesn't do that. His yards per throw, blah, 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 blah. People went off on Twitter as they want to do. But what do you think about the quarterback matchup in this game? Do you think there is a great divide? Do you think Tua is, I believe he's now tied with Patrick Mahomes for MVP odds, which to me seems ridiculous. But what do you think about Tua maybe having a breakout season and staying healthy? Did I just hear that right? Was there something? Did, was there a glitch in the Zoom? No, no, no. He's tied with Patrick Mahomes with bananas. I, yeah, for the MVP. Yep. Nice. I I even still yep. look at that and just have a hard time for it clicking. So, I, there's a Venn diagram to be had here, and I do see completely what you mean. Both Mac Jones and Tua. You go to Alabama. You have a bunch of wide receivers. Well, you're not just going to favor one guy. You become this blackjack dealer type of quarterback where you can really divide your targets up across guys all over the field. Obviously, the Dolphins haven't been doing that as much, but what we need to see out of Mac Jones for me to kind of put him in that Tua category, just a couple plays uh, off script where he really has that statement where, you know, I think of uh, late la or early last season, a game against Baltimore, Tua was going to get crushed on a sack. He had this fantastic just spin move to roll out, and he ended up throwing a touchdown in the back corner of the end zone. It's just little things like that that I think might be the difference maker where you could say, you know, the lineman came unblocked. He got a sack. That's the end of the play. It's the lineman's fault. Well, you're just hoping that once in a while the quarterback can mask that and make something happen on the fly. I, I might be a little wrong with that. I've seen it from Tua, obviously, because I'm watching every snap a bajillion times. 
I can't say we've seen it out of Mac. I'm not saying he can't do that. And obviously having a wide receiver who can make a big play on the outside, something like that would definitely help. But I think that might be the biggest difference of, you know, where we have Tua now and where Mac Jones might go. Yeah, Mac Jones a couple of years ago uh, at Alabama was throwing to Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, and had Najee Harris behind him. Ramondre Stevenson is definitely a different kind of beast as well. But now he's got... Kayshawn Booty, Demario Douglas, Kendrick Bourne, you know, who is poised for a bounce back season, which only makes the decision to put him in the doghouse last year more ridiculous. But uh, yeah, Mac, Mac did have one nice run play last week against Philadelphia for a two point conversion. But of course, as happens far too often with this team, they're prone to make mistakes where they shoot themselves in the foot. There was a hold call on right tackle Calvin Anderson. And, you know, we all saw what happened with the final score. Um, Jake, just for everyone who's listening and is going to watch with uh, with their both of their good eyes on Sunday night, but doesn't know the Dolphins roster as well as yourself or maybe even us, uh, give us one player on offense and one player on defense, not named Xavier Howard, Chubb, Waddle, or Tyreek Hill to keep an eye on Sunday night. So the instinctual choice is Braxton Berrios, a former New England Patriot. Fitz Wes Welker's the the wide receiver coach in Miami. But I'd like to go back to River Craycraft. This has been someone who's been with Mike McDaniel for so long. He caught the first receiving touchdown of the season. Uh, the Dolphins over the offseason did this uh, wide receiver draft where the, every time they did drills, they would just separate into these groups. Tyreek Hill, 1A, took River Craycraft just because of the intangibles, his ability to block down the field, his ability to block at the line. I think he's starting to become an X factor, especially you think about the Mike Gesicki and Trent Sherfield combined for 100 targets last year for the Dolphins. Neither of those guys are great at the yak. They really can't make things happen on their own. We're seeing River Craycraft kind of break out and be that fourth option that, hey, Tyreek needs a breather. We can still cause a problem on the field with someone like Craycraft, which I get it. That's that's crazy to believe, but they're making it work and with his skill set. He had every bit the game that uh, Juju Smith-Schuster did week one, Andy. Uh, three catches, 40 yards, but he actually got in the end zone as well. Oh, so he has a knee that's ready to explode too and is already hurt and is already a waste of money. Anyway, uh, other other question. Uh, Jake, the perception up here is that Jonathan Jones is the kryptonite to Tyreek Hill. You run down all the games and Hill has been admittedly pretty much held in check by Jonathan Jones and the coverage that they throw at. What's the, because uh, I know obviously Hill's off to a great start and I heard the whole comment about he does he's not even sure he's a cheetah anymore. Now he's a lion and that whole thing. Um What's the perception you think in the Dolphins locker room and maybe between the ears of Tyreek Hill when he hears that Jonathan Jones is your kryptonite? Man, that's, that's a great, great question. This is someone who he says his way to scout opponents is just to play Madden. He just looks at everyone's right. Madden. <laughs> so I, I, I think he likes the challenge. I think everybody in that locker room likes the challenge, but I think they all understand in the back of their head who's operating things in New England. And I hate to always go back to Bill Belichick, but everything is always a little different when he's involved. So I do think there's this growing level of That's confidence, right. especially late last season, the Pats got a big win over Miami that made it a little harder for them to make the playoffs. So I think they do want to come out. That was Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson though. Like that wasn't, that was, that was, that wasn't, that wasn't Tua again. Like I just, I don't mean to interrupt you, but like Bill, last year, Andy and I spent so much time harping on the idea that all those wins they got on a defense that Mina Kimes and everyone else pumped up and chuffed during the offseason, all those wins were against like second and third string quarterbacks or Jared Goff peeing down his leg in Foxborough. They haven't had like last week, they got close to knocking Hertz off his spot and getting a signature win. 
this would really be this would be massive for both Mac Jones and Bill Belichick's reconfigured defense to beat a starter at the prime of his game who's coming in off of the best performance of his life. And you consider, I mean, you'd be tied in first place of the AFC East. Two weeks into the season, nobody was talking about New England. You guys mentioned that. But, I mean, to be tied and have a win over the Dolphins where, you know, you guys mentioned it too was somehow tied for MVP odds. I, I can't imagine what that would do for uh, the confidence level for a team like New England, uh, especially just getting that signature win early in the season. Jake, I got to ask you, you brought him up a little bit. Um, you got a guy in Mike Kosicki who – I don't think he loved his departure from Miami, referred to them as my former employer uh, this offseason. And yep. I know he fell out of favor there on the franchise tag, kind of a really weird situation. Um, the hopes are very high for Mike Kosicki around here. I actually made a bet with a fellow media member who believes Mike Kosicki will have 12 or more receiving touchdowns. Um, I'm pretty sure I'll be collecting collect free now. beer in January. I feel really, really confident. But he was in in camp. People were referring to him as a unicorn and a matchup nightmare and all these things. I personally believe he's now the most overrated player on the Patriots. But what are your thoughts on what Mike Kosicki could maybe do to his former team and be for the Patriots? I mean this with all due respect. I've always viewed Mike Kosicki as a golden retriever. He's always been the most energetic, the very excited, and then he'll jump up and catch everything like a dog trying to grab a frisbee. Uh, he has a background in volleyball, which you can see. Every single time he scores a touchdown, he's skying, he's high-pointing the ball. That's his That's his X factor. Mike Kosicki can catch a ball over anyone. What happens after that is another story. I think that's kind of why he fell out of favor in New England is because he's this great, uh, just, I hate to call it a YOLO ball, but, you know, you huck it downfield and you hope Mike Kosicki can get it. And he was great at that. You think back to 2019 with Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, both Kosicki and Devontae Parker had uh, breakout years. Where he starts to struggle, though, is when you get to these timing routes. You know, the, the precision isn't necessarily there where he knows just right where to look at the right time. But if you give him that opportunity to go up, find the ball, and chase it down, I mean, he's as good as it gets. All right, Jake. Uh, this has been some great intel, uh, perspective, and insight on everything in the Dolphins world as well as what the Dolphins think of the Patriots headed into a pivotal matchup. You're right. Like, it's not hyperbolic in the least bit. I think most of us expect uh, the Jets to hang with, but ultimately lose to Dallas. I'll have more on that later, Andy, with our FanDuel Sportsbook bet of the week. However, this one goes off Dolphins minus three over under 46 and a half. Um, Dolphins have actually gone up a point this week, so the money's coming in on the fins. Um, but all that and all that pocket gambling aside, uh, what do you how do you see this one playing out? And what do you got for a score Sunday night? So early in the season, I think it's going to be something none of us expect. I think this is going to be a really ugly um, defensive battle. I mean, Vic Fangio is the highest paid defensive coordinator in the league. I think that Chargers game was a one-off. So I really think this is going to be a rock fight. I think Bill Belichick's going to make Tua take seven yards after seven yards and pray they don't make a mistake. And I think that's kind of the situation that um, the, the Patriots offense finds themselves in. You mentioned it. Uh, the drives kind of spin out of control when you get the hold and different things like that. Miami isn't prone to, or is prone to those as two. So I feel that this is going to be a game. They dink and dunk down the field. 17, 14, 2017, somewhere in that range. I, I think the perspective of the AFC East is going to change slightly. I, I do think the Dolphins offense is going to be dynamic throughout the year. Bill Belichick's haunted me for 20 years, man. I wish I had a better answer. <laughs> wow. A rock fight, a defensive grinder with the primetime lights on the razor with the new lighthouse and the big TV and everything. Should make for a very compelling watch. Jake, this has been a great chat. Hopefully we'll get a chance to catch up to you 
Later on in the season, the Patriots travel down to Miami just before All Hallows Eve here in the 2023 season. You can give them a follow at Jake Mendel 94 And of course, give a listen, rate, review, subscribe, and share to another Dolphins podcast. Great job, Jake. Thanks very much, man. Enjoy the game Sunday night. Thanks, guys. You too. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jake. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.